Hey, it's another sit-down with Ken Kington. I uh, love the last sit-down we had. Uh, we talked about wisdom. Yeah, finding and it. You brought out some great points, uh, especially number three, the one about asking a question that I didn't know what should I be asking here. Right. You've run into hundreds of people. What have you found as far as asking these questions? Oh, the, 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 what's really cool to me is there's always a story. And there's, there's usually a great principle, and it's usually something I can immediately apply to my life. But what's really cool, Rick, is that I, I started hearing these stories and started hearing these, these principles, and I started to notice they kind of fell into one of four categories. And I realized these categories, they weren't abilities, they weren't opportunities, they weren't um, talents, they were really decisions that these people make on a regular basis. And not all of them make every one of them, and very rarely are they conscious, this is the decision I'm making, but they really came into one of four categories of decisions. And I found that every really successful person I've met has these abilities, and they're making these decisions on a regular basis. What are those decisions? I got to know. We definitely don't have time to unpack all four of them now, but the first one I can give you, and a a wonderful example of it, is they have an uncommon and an unnatural ability to focus. Mm. And I see this in, in Jesus' life. I mean, he had people trying to kill him. He had people that loved him. He had all this, this going on around him. And yet he never hurried and he never slowed down. And he was just focused mm. on what was most important. And it was usually individuals. And his ability to focus was, I mean, literally God-sized. But what we can glean from that is, what has he prepared for me to do? What has he got for me to do? Am I focused on that or am I getting distracted by all the other pieces of life? Hmm. And I was playing golf one time with uh, Danny Warfel. Now, Danny actually won a national title at Florida and won a Heisman Trophy and played in the NFL and uh, has become a friend. And and I loved getting to just play with golf with him and hang out. And so I asked him a lot of different questions. But I asked him, I said, uh, so as that athlete, premium elite athlete, what has been the hardest transition for you? And, and I thought it would be college to the pros. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it wasn't. He said, oh, definitely high school to the SEC. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? He goes, oh, yeah. Pros, everybody's fast. Everybody's great. But just having to learn the environment in college. He says, Ken, I went from being a, a really, you know, a prospect athlete in high school to the SEC. He said, every week I've got 60 to 100,000 people screaming at me hmm. while I'm trying to do my job. He said, what I had to learn was I had to learn, he didn't use the word focus, he used the word dial in. I had to learn to dial in. And all practice, all week long, we're dialing in. And I said, what do you mean by that? He said, well, let me give you an example. He said, every play, I'm on the field. I have to get the signal from the sideline what play we're going to run. And before I do that, I have to tune out everything else that's going on. And I got to get just the coach, just the relay coming in. Once I get that, I got to get in the huddle. I've got to synthesize do I have the right personnel for that? And dial in and say, and do I have the right people here? Break the huddle. Now I have to synthesize who's on defense, what package, what are the strengths, what are the weaknesses, and what are the best options based on what we're running right now to do. And then I say go. Hmm. And then I have 1.8 to 2.1 seconds to make a decision. 
And he said, I'm literally in the pocket. My arm is moving forward, and I've still not decided exactly where I'm going to throw the ball. And I'm like, how is that possible? And he said, well, my arm is moving forward, and I'm looking, and I'm looking at one defensive back. If his hips are turned left, I'm throwing it seven yards on this line. If his hips are turned right, I'm throwing it 15 yards on the exact same line. Mm. And we have coordinated and orchestrated and synthesized so specifically to where everything happens all at once. And then he gets tackled, they blow the whistle, and we do it all again. And I'm like, that's unbelievable. But to be able to zone out what is not important and to be able to focus on what is important and to be able to trust those around you because, I mean, he's in a pocket and there's 300-pound guys that want to kill him. Mm -hmm. And to be able to go, I'm going to zone that out because I've got to focus on this is just amazing to me. And that that ability to focus, for you and I today – what do I wish was a reality? What is what was frustrating me? What is going on? And and I start to ask my question, am I being distracted or am I really focused on what's important? Hmm. And to get to that point uh, is just powerful. And it's within us. Uh, I, I love Ephesians 2.10. It's one of my favorite verses. Just says that we are God's craftsmanship. He made us created in Christ. So when we get we accept Christ. We, we unlock that potential to do good that he prepared ahead of time. So he's already prepared it. How do I discover that? Mm. And I believe it's that focus. You know, who have you made me to be, Lord? What situation am I in? I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a friend. I'm a, I'm a communicator. I'm a comic. I'm this. So, Lord, what's distracting me from becoming everything you want me to be? Okay, so success not about talent? No. And you're not born with these things that you're you're sharing. No, the decisions were not. Now it's it's discovering who who we are in a yeah. talent, discovering what talents we have and what spiritual gifts we have. And he's given us all a different build up plus experience. It's gifts, talents, abilities, experiences and all those together and God says, "I'm going to work all those for your good." And I'm going to prepare good ahead of time for you to do it. But it's discovering that by walking with them. And I'll give you one of my favorite examples that as I'm discovering this idea of focus, my boys were really small. And this principle just blew my mind because I'm, I'm, it's Easter and there's going to be an Easter egg hunt at our little church. We collected eggs for weeks and we go to a really small church at the time and it was a church plant and, and we decided to have a huge Easter egg hunt. And so we collected eggs for weeks. We had over 3,000 Easter eggs. Wow. And they're lining up the kids uh, because it rained that Easter. We had to do it in a gym, an elementary school gym. Now, get this picture because this is one of my favorites. There's no, there's no stands. There's no bleachers, just a floor. So we have, uh, air quotes, hidden 3,000 Easter eggs on this gym floor. I mean, just this, I mean, it's just covered with eggs. And we've lined up 30 kids at the baseline to look for these Easter eggs. It's like, well, there they are. And I'll never forget, they let them go by age. My boys were three and four at the time. And, I mean, there's thousands of eggs. They let them go by age. And my uh, second son, Cody, he was just like, Dad, can I go? I'm like, you got to wait, buddy. And we're at the baseline. Now, there are hundreds of eggs right in front of us. And they said, okay, three-year-olds, go. He starts running onto the court, crushing eggs, kicking (laughs) eggs, and he gets to half court, and he reaches down and picks one up, and he goes, I found one! And I was just like, good. 
get another one. <laughs> and he looks down and he's looking around. I'm like, just look down. Just look down. But there's hundreds right there. And he didn't look down. He's looking around and he finally starts running again, kicking eggs. And then they let the other kids go. It became chaos. And I lost sight of him. Well, my oldest son walks up with a basket overflowing with eggs. And he's like, look, dad, look at all I got. And they're falling out. There's so many. I mean, there's, I mean, do the math on that. 38 kids, 3,000 Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a full basket, <laughs> you're a loser. Okay. I mean, it's just, there's that many eggs. And I'll never forget Cody coming up to my blind spot. He goes, dad, I think I got them. And I'm like, Good for you. And I turned around and I just went, wow. He had a basket full, not of Easter eggs. He had a basket full of only purple Easter eggs, his favorite color. Oh, wow. And it's like, I'm getting the purple ones because that's my favorite color. And I I just thought, that's focus. Lord, I, I can't do everything. And I believe that sometimes we sit in church, we sit in the body, we see a need and go, ah, I'm no good at that. I can't do that. And we need to be willing to serve. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I believe fulfillment's found when we go, you know what? I'm wired this way and this is my gift and I want to use my gift. And to focus on that, which we are capable of and are um, gifted to, and to focus on that is monumental. Now I'm I'm the first one that's willing to serve and and my wife and I when we, this little church I was talking about for the first year that we had a service, she and I were the nursery. I mean, I literally I'd do a show on Saturday night, take the red eye home, drive straight to church and run the nursery. So I do believe there's that service part, but I do also firmly believe to focus on what do I really love doing because God planted that in me. And for me, that's encouragement. I love to encourage. I love to teach. I love to take the truth and say, here's what it looks like in reality. And when we take the truth into reality, that's where the abundant life is found. So that first ability to focus, while I've learned it from literally hundreds, if not thousands of people, those who are really, really fulfilled, significant, happy, those are the people who have learn to focus in one direction on something that their heart is passionate about. When we started the podcast, you mentioned four. We're not going to be able to cover all four, but what's number two? Number two is what we're going to do with the next sit down. All right. <laughs> Way to tease us, Ken Kington. <laughs> and I had a guy actually come up after the first time I ever did this at a corporate event. Now I, I learned it through studying and letting God teach me. And, and I do a ton of entertainment but somebody asked me to do a corporate event. They said, hey, um, can you do some of the funny parts, but can you like have a point? <laughs> and I'm like, well, sure. And so I shared these four critical decisions and the response was unbelievable. But this one guy came up, he says, you know, that's an acronym. And I said, well, <laughs> I don't really do acronyms. He goes, no, it's an acronym. It's FAIR. And the first is FOCUS. And the second is A. And the A is just absolutely one of my favorites. I've taught it in coaching. I I teach it in problem solving and finding your passion. And and we'll we don't have time for it, but I'll share the A next time we sit down. So we've got the F, and we're going to touch on the A next time F-A. as we sit down with Ken Kington. Hey, love the sit downs with Ken Kington, and love this topic: four critical decisions for a successful life. Ken covered the F. For focus on our next sit down, Ken will cover the other three. 
As you know, Ken is an inspirational communicator who speaks to thousands every year. His passion is to encourage and inspire people to catch and engage their God-given abilities, giftings, and talents. Check out all of Ken's resources on his website, KenKington.com. There you'll find videos, blogs, books, and his itinerary and details about the duct tape date night events. Next time, we pick up where we left off in the Like series. So far, Ken has covered Pray Like Jesus and Think Like Jesus. On the next podcast in two weeks, Ken will dig into Live Like Jesus. Thank you so much for downloading this podcast and other God and Reality podcasts with Ken. We'd love for you to share these and tell your friends to do the same. Until the next God and Reality podcast with Ken Kington, I'm your host, Rick Probst. See ya. 